Hey everyone, this is Sarah Silla. Welcome to the Elpa podcast. Elpa is association of players in your league, which aims to collectively represent players and help their careers. We will be bringing you conversations with current and former EuroLeague players and other personalities from the world of basketball. Our guests will talk about their journeys, on and off the court stories, and look deeper into what it means to be a vital part of basketball industry. Like I said, basketball in itself has been an extreme blessing to be able to see the world, right? Um, I don't know if I would have been at, to be able to see so many of these beautiful places without this game. Um, so, um, and I've enjoyed learning different cultures and learning, you know, meeting different people. This is all because of basketball, so. Today, my guest is Derek Brown. Derek is one of the vice president of ELPA. We talked about the association and his involvement, but we also discussed about his journey in the NBA and about travels, how players are ending going from countries to countries, being on the road every week, the adjustment when signing in a new country. Enjoy the conversation. So, can you talk about your journey as a basketball player? My journey with basketball probably started uh, about eight years old, um, playing in the playground and in uh, the backyard of kind of my neighborhood, um, just to, to get out with my friends. Um, and now, you know, at 32 years old, I'm still lucky to be able to play the game um, for a living. So it's, it's been an amazing journey, just a lot of ups, a lot of downs, um, but something that I cherish and I appreciate because the game of basketball has given me so much more uh, perspective on life um, and my life experiences. So um, something I'll probably always be indebted to. I mean, I'll never be able to give basketball, you know, what basketball yeah. has given me. So I'm thankful for that. And how did you fall in love with basketball? Like you had to play and then fall in love? It was amazing. I don't think every person is different. For me, it was just, uh, I enjoyed it as a kid. Um, and I, when you enjoy something, you, you know, you want to do it all the time. Yeah. And by wanting to do it all the time, I just got better at it. And it didn't hurt to be tall as well, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, after a, I, I realized that I had an opportunity to play um, basketball for scholarship yeah. was probably the biggest goal of mine um, to uh, be able to get to a university um, and everything else after that really was just bonus for me. And then after scholarship, you realized that you could be professional and... Um, like I said, really my goal as a kid or growing up uh, was... To, to go to, to go to school you know if I could use that to to, ha to pay for college to me that was like a um, that was like a dream that in itself so yes anything after college for me you know it really was bonus um, so I'm, I'm very thankful uh, for that Right. So you're a member of the EuroLeague Players Association, and it's even more as you're part of the board. How important is it for you to be active with ELPA? It's extremely important. Um, 
just from being in Europe for so many years, you understand uh, what a lot of players go through or have been going through. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, when, as soon as uh, Boston came with this idea, um, it was like a no-brainer for me yeah. to be a part of, even if it doesn't necessarily affect me. Yeah. You know, it was one of those, all right, I know if I could be a part of something like this, it can affect somebody um, in the future. Or, or a young kid who's coming up who might have the opportunity to play in Europe. So, mm. uh, as it was a no-brainer. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, so thankful for the opportunity to be a part of something like this. So last year you were not playing, and yet you paid the fees for Elpa. Mm -hmm. And also you were in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and you, you managed to come in Barcelona for the meeting. Can you explain why you you got into it on your own? To make it? I mean, it's, I think it first shows your commitment to something yeah. you can't expect someone else to believe in something if you don't believe in it um obviously uh i didn't play last year for a few reasons yeah. but um <laughs> that doesn't mean that I, i didn't want to uh i wanted to show my commitment to uh the association yeah um and it's important um i cannot ask anybody to support yeah. if i don't support it's even cool. if i wasn't playing you know because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, a, i'm a member and i Um, I signed up for this, so I'm in it for the uh, the long haul. So um, I think it's I can't do something that just benefits me. Yeah. Um, so that's why I wanted to make that statement and show that uh, it's important. Mm. So with Elpa, you achieved major improvements in only one year. Which one has the biggest impact according to you? Uh, I mean, for the player, mostly. For the player, I would say probably the uh, the workload on your body, like the practice schedule. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been a part of times where, you know, you literally had two a days almost all year, you know, um, and l limited rest. Um, and you get a better player, you know. I think that's some things that so the so coach... So just that you can practice five days a row without having a day off after. Right. I mean, I just think clubs will see that they'll actually get a better player from that. Um, it's, it's actually helping the club as well because yeah. a fresher player with uh, in, in better shape, taking care of his body more, will give you a better product. Yeah, so sure. it, it doesn't just help the player. Um, I think it helps all parties involved. Yeah. So it's a whole picture. Correct. So, through your experience, how can Elpa be helpful to a player coming to from the NBA to Euroleague? Very helpful. Um, number one, the NBA has a already has a players association, yeah. so to kind of have a familiar transition uh, is something that I think uh, NBA players would would like uh, a common voice and to know that you're protected to some degree, even if it's not as much as maybe the NBA. It's it's a start and to feel like somebody cares about your best interest. Yeah. Um, you're not just a player. You're not just a player. Or even if you are just a player in their mind, you, you have a collective unit of people yeah. and a voice that, for, that speaks for yourself. So I think uh, it's very important. <laughs> so you played in the NBA for many years. Do you like traveling? Because in the NBA you like travel a lot. Yeah, it was, it's a different experience. I mean, there you're traveling state to state, right? Um, over here, you're traveling country to country. 
so it's a, it's a like I said, basketball in itself has been an extreme blessing to be able to see the world, right? Um, I don't know if I would have been at, to be able to see so many of these beautiful places without this game. Um, so, um, and I've enjoyed learning different cultures and learning, you know, meeting different people. Mm -hmm. This is all because of basketball. So um, I would say to someone who's hesitant about trying to maybe make that decision to come to Europe to, to give it a shot, to yeah. try it out because it'll, you'll never be the same person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of impossible to have these experiences and be the same person. So when you were playing in the US, what were your habits to manage the strain of all the travels? Um, that's when you learn to kind of be professional. I mean, you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you, you physically just can't do it. You know, you learn, that's when you learn how to manage your sleep and you learn how to manage your diet yeah. and you know, Uh, you, it's, it's, it's different than even college. College, it was prepared for you, more so. You have a bunch of people. Exactly. You have take, people are taking care of you. You yeah. have to be here at this time. You have to do study hall at this time. You have, have to that You have to eat this time. You know, as, as a professional, you kind of have to learn your own schedule um, and what works for you. Yeah. So do you have some memories or anecdotes from all those problems? Um, I, I feel like throughout the time of traveling now, I try to always, like they say, when in Rome, you know, uh, so I try to take that time to learn whatever little culture it is that I can, right? Instead of bringing, I always say this, instead of bringing, you know, America or your state or your city or the way you grew up to somewhere else you you need See. to adapt to what where you're going yeah. and the, t the type of culture that you're around and it's i think it's more so respect than anything um it's respect uh i've, I've noticed sometimes how um the world looks at mm -hmm. sometimes even americans and how they're closed-minded and how yeah. they think everything is you know basically uh, their way uh, and you notice that so you i, I think that's one thing i've learned over the years is just to adapt to other people's culture and try to learn what their thought process is and why they do things the way they do things. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, uh, you'll, you'll learn so much. Mm. And you manage to do all that even if you're, because your travels are like few days, you're not staying like one week and it's not holidays, it's still work. And you still manage to try to learn the culture and Something you have to learn something. You can learn something one hour, two hours, right? Yeah. You can have a conversation with somebody for 20 minutes and learn mm -hmm. something. You just have to be open to to really do that. Yeah. So, um, yes, there's no excuse. On you need to be there a month, or you have to live there three years, or you know, you can learn if you're in town for uh, three days. You can learn something about the culture and, and respect it. So, first time you came in Europe. It was with locomotive to learn, mm -hmm. right? What was different when you came here? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> What was it different? Um, that was a big culture shock for me. I think I was like uh, maybe 24, maybe yeah. 24. And uh, not only did I come over, I went to Russia for, as my first kind of experience. Yeah. Um, so 
in the beginning it was definitely a culture shock but um i embraced it you know it's like you're here embrace the opportunity and i learned a lot on the court you know i became a much better player and then you know off the court i just became more well-rounded and uh i contribute a lot of those experiences to who i am today so i'm thankful and how did you adjust to the european way of life um I guess I drink, as you see, I drink way more tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I can speak a, a few languages yeah. a little bit, you know, obviously conversational, not fluent. Um, What was the most difficult thing that you had to adjust? Is the food, the language, the habits? Um, different place, different, you know, I wouldn't say there's one thing. The whole just just in general wherever you're at is you it's different yeah. it's different um customs are different the way you eat is different the when um certain things like personal space might yeah. be different right if you're in a, a airport you might be used to being alone in america maybe yeah. but in the states you know i mean um in europe sometimes everything is close or or size of things mm. you know um in america everything's big Europe, everything's small. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's things that eating the food, right? Uh, something just like that. Uh, um, I, there's so many, so many different yeah. things. So, so what about European basketball? European basketball, I like a lot. Um, from the standpoint of every game matters, you know, that's something I immediately know uh, knew when I got over here. It's there. You know, when I was playing in the States, there was 82 games, you know, the value of each game didn't have the same um, as it does in Europe. Yeah. Um, and then also the fans, right? Uh, a lot of these European teams have also have soccer clubs. Yeah. So it's a, it's a kind of a more of a family unit and uh, they people, people truly care about, about the fans and mm. uh, about, you know, how you're doing personally, they're very much involved. Mm. So uh, that was the main thing, uh, is everything matters. Every game matters. There's no, um, there's no, no time, time. yeah, there's no time <laughs> to waste, definitely not. So there's less travel, but the conditions are not the same. I mean, I think it's like better in the NBA. Mm -hmm. how, how do you feel about this? Um, it's tough. I mean, like I said, you're going travel, you're going country to country. Yeah. Um, in some countries, you're on a three diff three hour time difference or four hour time difference. Yeah. So, um, you're not necessarily. And some flights are long. I mean, right? Like in the NBA, you might go from. I don't know Atlanta to Charlotte, which is a forty-five minute. Yeah. Flight, maybe, you know, or Philly is an hour and a half flight. You know, from here you might go from Moscow to Barcelona. So you're traveling five hours, um, time change is different. Um, your commercial flights, you know, uh, it's just different. The weather, the it's, it's totally different. So uh, I would say, yeah. And generally speaking, how is it to be in the, on the road like almost every day or every two days? Um, it all depends on where you're at in your life, I would say, too, yeah. you know. Uh, when you're young and you've done it, 
not not a lot you're like oh this is super cool like i'm in a different you know just like anything you do once you do it every day for years and years and years you're like okay (laughs) (laughs) i I could be at one place for a little while okay how do you see the future of beauty i think it's gonna i think it's growing i think number one everything is becoming global everything um so basketball is not different I see it becoming maybe a closed league at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. It's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game of basketball is growing. So uh, we'll see. It's, it's, it's definitely on the up and up. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Derek and see you in two weeks for a new episode of Elpa Podcast.